I want to tell you a story uh, of a person a while ago who walked in uh, to the doors of Journey on a Sunday morning. And they would self-describe uh, their life in, in pretty significant turmoil. Uh, lots of questions, lots of heartache, lots of uncertainty. Um, they, would have, they would tell their own story and say it was, it was semi-miraculous. I, I kind of got through the door of, of a place you know, that, that I got here. Um, that day, uh, they interacted with some people. Um, some people interacted with them. They began to have some conversations and had a good enough experience, got a big enough glimpse of Jesus' love through people that the next week they brought somebody with them um, who also has some of the same trauma but is very probably skeptical about Jesus in a place like this and in, 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 a, in a church. So they said, you, you've just, you've got to experience this. You've got to experience this. And, and, and so one week it's somebody can barely get through the door and they encounter enough love and enough glimpse of, of Jesus that they want to bring somebody else back to experience it with them again. Part of that's because you, you love well and you lean, you lean in towards Jesus really well. I'll tell you a story. Um, about a year ago, there was a, there was a parent sitting in this room last summer. In varying degrees of, of being around church and, and, and being around Jesus, but a unique and, and pretty unfortunate and painful set of life circumstances kind of just kept nudging that person to past, past church and past Jesus places to the literal person of Jesus. And it becomes this, this Jesus encounter that radically shapes a life. It doesn't make it perfect and easy in a blank, but radically begins to shape a life. Over the course of that, of course, in the next year, that parent, um, that, that parent gets to watch each of their children also enter into relationship with Jesus and experience his salvation and the gift of his life. Just all over the course of years. Several years ago, um, there, was a, there was a couple that started coming to Journey, a family. And the couple would sometimes come separately and sometimes not together. They were just in a very, very rough season. And they, over the course of time, had people rally around them. They put themselves in an environment where people could rally around them. They made some moves to just risk some engagement. Um, and I mean risk it. They risk vulnerability. They risk some engagement. And through these people and these engagements, they, um, they begin to really meet Jesus. They begin to really experience Jesus healing there begins to be this remarkable remarkable restoration in their in their marriage and and, and then as a result of that in in, the, in their broader family and so a few years ago they came here just desperate and kind of saying how am i going to get my next breath they 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 actually now live this life in which they're constantly saying look when when we go to our jobs and when we go engage where our kids are and when we are in our neighborhood what is jesus doing here how am I a part of that? Like, what is, how is Jesus inviting me to be part of what he's doing there? I mean, it's just this remarkable and radical transformation over time. I, I don't know about you, but I love those kinds of stories. I love them. I love them. 
That's the kind of stories that I think, that I think heaven is going nuts about. <laughs> that Jesus actually came to make possible. It's why for 12 years, we've, we've had one mission, one single heart desire, we, we, one thing for 12 years. It's to help as many people as possible experience a life-giving relationship with Jesus. That's it, that's it. That's the one thing. It's got different expressions and different movements and different looks, but that's the one thing that drives them all. This, what, this one thing. Which is why those stories, which is why those stories matter, yeah? It's why those life change, it's why every single life change story matters. No matter how subtle or how slow or how dramatic or how fast, every single life change story matters. Because that wasn't our thing. I mean, that was Jesus' thing, right? Jesus said, I came so people have life. That's why I came. That, that's why I came. And so we just, we want to we wanna be a part of that. And as much as those stories paint a picture, I want to paint you another picture. It's the picture of um, kind of fall around here, late September, early October, late October. It's the picture again of kind of a new year, January, February. And me um, not doing this on a Sunday and uh, wandering around and just watching things happen that I don't get to see happen every single Sunday. Wandering into a parking lot um, in the back and watching cars drive in and not find a spot and drive out and drive away. And I watch it and I watch it and at the same time I hold these stories and, and do you automatically see the tension those stories create? Do you automatically see like the wrestling of the soul that begins? I mean, just, it doesn't take long, right? And honestly, I hope the disparity of stories like that, I hope that the different images, I, I actually hope they create tension in you. Just to, to be candid, I hope they create tension in you. If we're gonna follow Jesus and we're gonna live his mission in the world, I hope those kind of stories, you. because here's the thing, um, if you wanna find times in the story of God where Jesus was, was angry, it was always when it was hard for people to get to him. It wasn't really when, when people were, were, were sinning, he, he was running towards people who were, who were sinning. He was frustrated and angry when people were making it hard or places or things or circumstances were making it hard for people to get to him. It just set off all these alarms in, in Jesus. And so when we hold those two and we, re, we just realize, look, it, it, you know, we, we've got some limitations in this, in this building. Here, here's, here's what we can't do. And here's what we'll refuse to do. We'll refuse to be complacent. We, we, will, we will resist until, for as long as we live, we will resist complacency. Complacency is one of the fastest killers of the soul. It's one of the most slippery slopes. We launched out of a church called Kentwood Community Church that was pastored for a long time by Wayne Schmidt. Wayne Schmidt said to me, one of the first things he said when we planted 12 years ago, he said, John, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, I'm begging you. After every milestone, please watch out. Please watch out for the creep of complacency because it kills souls. That's true. It's true. So we, 
we got to make a move. So you say, well, what's, what's the move, right? I mean, we've got this thing of, like, okay, let's help as many people as possible experience full life in Jesus, right? Nobody, we're not going to argue each other about that. That means, of course, that's what we, what we want to do. So the next move is, well, let's just build a bigger building, right? Um, I don't know if you've noticed, we're landlocked. Um, there's not a lot. Part of the reason we have a parking problem is there's not many places to go, right? Um, and here's the thing. When we moved in, um, people were like, hey, can you buy that land back there? It wasn't full. It didn't have anything. Can you buy that land? Can you buy that land? Can you buy that land? I mean, I mean and maybe the answer was yes, but really the answer was no. For one, we didn't have, we couldn't afford it. <laughs> we just weren't going to do that. Um, and I actually think that was God's sovereignty, not allowing that to be open for us, not allowing us to have the money to do it. Because it allowed, it put us in a place where we had to hear what Jesus would invite us into next, which led us to this thing of saying, look, really, we're not called to build bigger buildings. What we're really called to do is, is launch five locations in the next 10 years, five life-giving locations in the next 10 years and say, okay, how, how do we do that? How do we launch people out of here? How do we go other places? And that can look like a hundred different things, but how, how do we do that? And so we made this move towards um, Middleville. And if, if you don't know, um, a little over a year ago, there was a small fire there. Uh, and we've been recovering and now we're, we're over a year into that and insurance red tape. And one day there will be a just a tragic comedy written about the last year in, in that whole ordeal. Um, but there's actually movement, right? I mean, look, we can even actually see movement. There's actually built what looks like, yes, you should applaud it and celebrate it and all those good things, um, right? Um, I feel like I should say to you, I always knew it was gonna happen. I'm just gonna be honest with you. The last year there have been days where I thought, yeah, we're done, right? okay? But there it is. It's finally starting to, to, to move and take shape. But here's the thing. Um, buildings take time, right? Even once they're in motion. So we, what we've got to ask is this simple question. Um, hey, what are we going to do this fall? Because there's another fall coming. There's more people coming. And it's more people you're inviting, right? That, that's how the largest majority of people still come here is because somebody invites them. I can tell you what we can't do. And you already know, right? We can't do what we've done the last two years. Right? We thought we were going to launch Middleville. Obviously, we didn't get to do that fast enough. That's still coming. But, but we, can't, we can't just sit here and wait for that for another fall. So what are we going to do with that? Well, we don't know everything yet. Well, let me tell you what we do know. We know we can't do the same thing we've done again. We know that building's not ready to be moved into yet in a fully functional, invite people sort of way. So what we do have to figure out is how this fall do we navigate adding a third service to the life of journey? And that, look, that, that's, that's what we know. Now, let me tell you what we don't know. Um, we don't know what it looks like. It might be a third service right here. It might actually be mobile for a while in Middleville. It, it's maybe, we'll see, right? We're talking about it, staff's talking about it, advisory team's talking about it. I met this week with three focus type groups just talking about that and other things and just listening and saying, okay, what... What are we going to do? Because we, we know we can't do the same thing again. We know we can't do the same thing again. We've we got to continue to create more space. I'm still inviting people. You're still inviting people. There's still people who haven't been invited. They're finding us too. But if we really want to help as many people as possible experience full life in Jesus, we, we can't spend another fall in that, right? And we've tried to be creative with parking. And for those of you that park off-site, behind the mall and at the library and at the bank and even way over in front of Little Caesars. For those of you who do that, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've tried creative seating and for those of you that have tried creative things, we see thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've tried and we've tried and we've just, we've got to make another move. 
Now, what I know is we have to do it. What I don't know is exactly what it's gonna look like. Can I tell you one more thing I know? I just know human reality enough to know that some of you, as soon as the words got out of my mouth that we gotta get to a third service, some of you, you wouldn't do it out loud, but internally you, ugh. And you quickly started scrolling other churches. Okay, like, okay. Maybe not that far, okay. Um, but, but listen, let's be honest with one another. Let's, be very, let's, let's just have a moment of candidness. While we're, if we're gonna talk about living the mission and pushing against complacency, let me just, let's have an honest conversation. Does anything like that take some sacrifice? Of, of course. I'm not gonna stand up here and say, it'll be the easiest thing we've ever done. It just does, okay? It, it just does. It's part of how we follow Jesus. It's, it's sometimes it, it, it takes some sacrifice. But, I, but I, also wanna, I also wanna help you see the, the dividends of that, the return on potential sacrifice. Um, most of you probably know, uh, but Journey for seven years was mobile in a school, Duncan Lake Middle School, two environments, in a cafeteria for three and an auditorium for four, okay? Um, you probably know at least some of that history. Uh, but but here's, here's what I would love for you to do. Um, would, you just, would you just right now stand if you were never actively a part of Journey in that school? Will you just stand up? If the only point of reference to active Journey engagement you have is in this building, will you just stand? Just stand up. Okay, just peek around the room. Don't sit down, just peek around the room. Sitters and standers, peek around the room, <laughs> okay? okay? Before we got here, there was 150 people who sacrificed financially to get here and lots of hours and set equity into making it. It wasn't easy and at times it was hard and at times it was discouraging and at times it took a lot of waiting and at times we weren't sure it was really gonna happen. We didn't really know what the outcome would be and we didn't, right? But we would do it all over again. And now all of us get a chance to do that. Imagine if you and I sacrifice together a little bit and a couple years from now, there's a whole different group of people who are standing and sitting, different standers and sitters because we made a move. You can go ahead and be seated. I, I just wanted you to see it. Oh, I'm glad you're here. I, I love it. And I love that we get to do it together. Listen, I don't, again, we don't know what it looks like in the next handful of weeks. We'll figure it out and we'll talk some more about it and kind of let everybody know what, what, what we're doing. But I just wanted you to know it was coming. I want you to know it's coming. I want you to know that that we're always gonna be willing to sacrifice to live this thing with Jesus. We're always gonna resist complacency. We're always gonna say, look, what is Jesus inviting us to in this moment to help as many people as possible experience a life-giving relationship with him? What is Jesus inviting us into right now that allows us to partner with him and more stories like we shared with you at first, right? That's part of the adventure.